Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's New Barkeep. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And today we're getting a little hmm, high class and fancy. You know what they say, if you're blue and you don't know where to go to, you can always go to the Ritz. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I really say that because this episode's a little special because we're focusing on a single type of alcohol this time. Mostly because it's really difficult to rebottle. It is very difficult to rebottle, but we figured we might as well give it a shot since neither of us have tried it. Eh. What? A shot. Yeah. Eh. A shot. (laughs) Give it a shot. Uh, (laughs) Pun unintended for those. (laughs) If you can't tell just from the hints, we are doing... Champagne. Yes, champagne. Or unless it's outside of France, then it's just just sparkling sparkling wine. wine. Yeah, that's a fun fact for you there. It is not from Champagne, France. It is in their eyes. It is not champagne, and I'm using that in quotes. It is instead sparkling wine. But it's just champagne to everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Let's get started with our first one then, and that's just strictly. Champagne. Yep, it's just a straight glass of champagne since neither of us have tried it. Mm-hmm. Smells really good, though. Let's see. One, two, three. Wow. Ooh. That's dry. That is a very dry champagne. So before people were like, well, maybe you had a better type, we got the second least expensive. So you guys can just shush. <laughs> we got the second least expensive, and even that was not mm, cheap. Was- it wasn't like a full 175 of like booze, but it wasn't It wasn't cheap. No, it was not cheap. Hence why it's typically considered high class. And with that, we're going to be discussing what we feel are quote-unquote high class foods. High class. Yeah, all those foods that you typically see in your first mind is those oh-so-fancy dinner parties. Oh, God. Those little sandwiches that are like legit, if you know the recipe, are super easy to make, but they're cut so daintily that... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, I love cooking, but I just hate foods that are super pretentious. You see this on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Those foods that are just covered in gold plating. Not gold plating, but gold flakes. Like, legitimately gold flakes. Yeah, I don't understand the craze behind that. Oh, yeah, it's literally like, I'm rich. Let's see how rich I am. Let's see how rich I am. Let me ingest one of the most precious metals in the world that does nothing. Let me show off how rich I am. Uh, another thing that when I think rich, I think caviar. Yeah, caviar. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, it's just salmon eggs. Yep, salmon eggs. A lot of people like them. I want to say they're brined, but I'm not 100%, 100% sure on that one. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. Oh, another one that I can think of, hmm. escargot. Oh, escargot. And for those of you who don't know, escargot is snail. Of course. There is also something called foie gras. Which I actually had to look up. The, this one might be a little bit sensitive if you guys have super like pets. The foie gras is literally they stuff a tube down a goose's neck and just fatten it with uh, food. Oh. And then what the actual foie gras is, is not the goose itself. It's just the goose's liver. What? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is super inhumane and super... Like, the idea is just 
repugnant. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't seem very, very what what's the word I'm looking for? Kosher. Yeah, very <laughs> kosher. Uh, speaking of which, another high class food, so mm-hmm. to say, would be lobster. Oh man, I have actually never had lobster. Even Neither if it's have cheap. I. Yeah, even if it's cheap lobster, I've never had it. It's always been a well, which is unsurprising because we are in a landlocked state. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get lobster. Hell, getting crab that can be a bit of a bitch. Funny how most of the foods that we're talking about are seafood. Right? I mean, I'm, the only things that are quote unquote cheap is like shrimp, uh, shrimp, salmon. Eh, salmon can be pricey. Uh, it can be. It depends on the kind of salmon you get. Mm-hmm. Like tilapia, tuna. Well, size of tuna. Like, but then again, you also got things like here's one. Here's another thing that comes up with it: beef, specifically wagyu or kobe. Wagyu is the most expensive steak in the world, and I would love just to have a bite. Oh my lord! But isn't isn't like a single like slab of it worth like fifty bucks? More than that, I believe. It is a very spendy dish because not because one it only gets outsourced. From Asia. I can't remember which country. I want to say it's Japan. Uh, maybe. It might be China. It's one of the two. Jap- the people who farm them say this is Wagyu, which, and someone promotes it, and it's not coming from them. It's not technically Wagyu. Oh, boy. Right? <laughs> sounds like another champagne situation. So, speaking of another champagne situation, Neop- uh, yeah, Neapolitan pizza. Neapolitan pizza. <laughs> so, here's something that sounds cheesy, pun not intended, but I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> what Neapolitan pizza basically is is a dough made out of zero zero flour, which is a different grind of flour, a thicker tomato I mean a thicker tomato base for the sauce, kind of like mozzarella cheese curds and basil. Like whole basil leaves. Oh Jesus. It's not that expensive, but there is literally like a pizza league that basically has to go out to every place in the world that says they have Neapolitan pizza. And them degrade if it is legitimately Neapolitan pizza. Oh my god. <laughs> I agree that this is not Neapolitan pizza. Mm-hmm. And they can do that. Oh god. Yeah, that is a thing. Well, I'm glad I don't run anything like that. Right? Well, most places that can do it have to get their own kiln and whatnot, because it also has, if I remember correctly, has to be baked in one of those, like, thousand degree kilns. Oh, uh, yeah. One of those, like, old time mm-hmm. furnaces. Well, this doesn't be old time, but it doesn't get super hot. Yeah, it's I, I've seen those. The ones that they literally build and are mm-hmm. super large. Mm-hmm. Then you just have to have like that pizza thing and just... And shove it in, yes. <laughs> yes, the... <laughs> that is <laughs> how they do it. Repeatedly, multiple times a day. Repeatedly for almost every single pizza. <laughs> uh, oh my god. <laughs> Are you going to be all right over there? Sorry, boys and girls. I'm like a 13-year-old over here. I, those jokes are so easy, I can't help but make fun of them. And here I am trying to keep it under wraps. <laughs> well, you should always keep it under wraps. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Speaking of pretentious food still, there's another one. It's actually gold flake pizza as well. Oh, God. They put it on there as well? Yeah, they do. It's a garnish. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. The only reason why it works out that way is because gold is tasteless. Uh, so it's not like you're getting any flavor or anything. It's strictly tasteless. Yeah, but then you're just putting gold in your body, and your body can't process that. Yeah, it can. Oh, God. Uh-huh. It literally, com- you literally get shiny poop. <laughs> 
So you're putting gold flakes on there because you want you want your stool to be very well. I mean, if shiny. You, I mean, if you can shit like the common man, what's the point? Oh God. <laughs> I, I don't I don't particularly care, and I'm pretty sure we're making a lot of people like oh god. I mean, honestly, if they're getting a laugh, that's half our job done. Yeah, and then there are those like me who are just sitting there going, "This what makes me want to throw up." <laughs> but I guess with that, we should we move to our second drink. I think that'd be a fair assessment. Yes, our second drink for this one is a mimosa. A mimosa is just half and half, equal parts, orange juice and champagne. Yeah, it's, it's a very basic drink to make. Go into anything that's typically high class, you can make one of these yourself. Or, you know, you just want to get a brunch with the girls or anything like that. Yep, that's all all good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, three, two, one. Not bad. Not bad. Not a fan, but not bad. Yeah. It's like you can still taste the dryness from the mm-hmm. champagne, but... I feel like if there was a little less champagne in there, it might be a little bit more bearable, but... Yeah, maybe. But you could definitely get the citrus taste from the orange as well. So, I should probably disclaim this. Neither of us... Well, I'm not a particularly a wine guy in general or champagne guy. Oh. But if you are, this is just our opinions. So, I know a bunch of you already out there really like things like Amosa and that kind of stuff. So, this is just us. This isn't us trying to crap on your opinions. Yeah, no. Neither of us have really had champagne before, so... This is a first outing for us. Yep, I have only had it once, and that was for a New Year's party, and they also bought the second cheapest champagne. But with that, since we're doing a very decadent episode, (laughs) we figured we would go down the most expensive items in the world. Oh boy, all the things that people love to spend their money on. Well, it looks like they actually got it categorized, so that way it's like its own little field for like accessories, cards, etc., etc. And I'm getting this from CheatSheet.com, so if they get this wrong, blame them, not us. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, what's our first item then? Our first item is Graf Diamond's Hallucination Watch. That is worth $55 million. $55 million for just a watch. Yes. I don't see the point. If you were to look at this thing, I think we might just want to put a link up in the show description at some point just to show this off. This thing is gaudy as hell. When you think of a watch, you tend to think, you know, there's a face on there that might be pretty and the band is maybe is leather or it has uh, maybe some metal that connects to it. No, this is just nothing but diamonds. Just looks almost like they're over top of each other. They're just all diamonds. Good lord, that is gaudy as all hell. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, outside of saying, hey, look what I bought, I don't see the point. No, I do not see the point of this at all. I rank that as gaudy. I rank it as gaudy, not useful. Yeah, that's, I guess we didn't really explain that. We'll be ranking these based on if they are useful or if they are just gaudy for show. Mm-hmm. Would it be worth, I suppose it'd be better to rank it, would it be worth having or is it just gaudy? So... Just gaudy. It's just gaudy. That's just gaudy. Next, we have a 1963 Ferrari 250 GTO. Whew. That is worth $70 million. $70 million. Well, this one makes a little more sense because Ferraris are typically expensive as all hell. Yeah, yeah they're up there with like Porsches and everything else, so... Yeah, so this one makes a little more sense to me, but even still, it's... It's also a collector at this point, too, so... But, my lord, you would have to upkeep that like it was nobody's business. Either you would have it somewhere in a shed collecting dust, or you would have to 
constantly maintain that, check, you know, get the engine done, get everything else done annually just to make sure it doesn't blow up on you. Because this is a 60s vehicle. Uh, a 60s vehicle, and more likely than not, if someone has a car like that, they've got their own personal fleet fleet of garages that they keep spotless. And honestly, I, I'm i not a car guy, so personally, I find this gaudy. I'm not a car guy either. I would find this incredibly gaudy. Heck, even my roommate, who is a car enthusiast somewhat, mm-hmm. would find that incredibly gaudy. Next on our list, Blue Fin Tuna. $3.1 million. Bluefin tuna. Okay, is it made out of like a very rare fish or something? No, it's just a big-ass tuna. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, I can already tell you this. That item's probably really gaudy. Well, I'm actually reading the description right now. We're not sure if a single fish is worth $3.1 million price tag. Oh, that's how much you paid for in a single tuna. It's $3.1 million. Oh, jeez. And, yeah, that's a bit... Don't get me wrong, tuna is... Sp- is in a especially a threatened species because of how much we are ingesting it. That is true. Three point one mil. I don't. I don't see it being worth it. They all go the same place, anyways. Well, don't get me wrong. If it was like kraken size, I could see it. If it was kraken size, I think we'd be having fish for days. Well, one country would. <laughs> yeah, one country would be having fish for days. I just went to the next thing. Oh. So before, so let's continue with this as gaudy. Yeah, gaudy. Antilla, Mumbai, two billion dollars, and that is a four hundred. This is a house. I'm actually going to show this to you right now. Oh, that is a big, big house. It is. It is worth two hundred twenty-two point three billion, and he built this in his four hundred thousand square foot home in Mumbai. Area space in Mumbai is probably not cheap. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine that that tacked up a good chunk of the price point as well. well that is a big place. Mm-hmm. How, how high up does it go? 27 floors. Jeez, 27 stories. That is ridiculous. Oh, it gets better. He has a 168-car garage, a spa, a temple, a two-story rec center, a 50-person theater, three helipads, garden terraces, ballroom, and guest suites. Party at his place. Right? <laughs> I want to say that this is useful if it was made into like a condo that would be incredibly useful if it was a condo i mean like for a single person though it's incredibly gaudy yeah but if this was like a place for where multiple people could stay yeah that would be really useful but it's yeah if you're having a giant family gathering yeah it'd be great it'd be more than enough space and more likely not you're gonna lose people in that house You'll just call them up and you'll just be like, where are you at? I'm in bathroom number five. And that's presuming you get reception in every part of the house. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's gaudy. It is gaudy. It is gaudy for a single person. But Mm -hmm. if you have a big family, maybe not so much. Even then, that's still a bit much. Maybe. Like I said, not as gaudy if Mm -hmm. you've got a really big family and you like having parties. I'm still sticking to gaudy unless it was like a condominium or something. Because that's a lot. That is 27 floors, dude. It is. It is, Like I said, it's still gaudy. Just not mm-hmm. as much if you got a big family. If you gaudy enough. No. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Huzzah. Next, if you we... can't tell, I'm facepalming. <laughs> Next we have, oh, Lord. A Manhattan parking spot for $1 million. What parking spot is worth a $1 million? I guess that in New York, there's like almost no parking spots left, and on-site parking is almost impossible. But 
A million dollars? A million dollars for a single parking spot in New York. Apparently in 2015, a boutique Manhattan condo sold three spaces for one million dollars a piece. Million bucks a piece? Mm-hmm. I mean, make that bread, but wow. Whew. Okay, anybody who might be living in New York, that's a little ridiculous. Where we're from, parking isn't all that much of an issue. Like, that's honestly, like, one of the least of our concerns, unless you're a college student. Unless you are a college student, in which case, it's pretty much like New York. But we work at the college, so we know how bad it can be. Yeah, trying to find a parking spot in there during, like, primetime daytime. Primetime daytime, finals, ugh. You might as well just be like, I'm going to the road. Mm-hmm. And the houses right next to it as well is just... Good luck trying to find a spot there, either. Yeah, everyone crowds the college during that time. And let's not forget about uh, snow. Oh, snow season is... War Especially when you're doing any kind of spot. Yeah. Where you can't actually park. And the snow is like two feet deep. Mm-hmm. And you can't park until the plow comes by. And depending on where you live, it could be anywhere from 8 in the morning till 2 p.m. Yeah, or if you're really unlucky, they don't touch you until... Later that night. I mean, if you guys can't notice, we have issues with the road people around here. <laughs> yeah. All right. And for the next on our list, we have Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi. Munder? That's an R. M-U-N-D-R. M-U-N-D-R. I've, I've never heard of it. What is it? Yeah, it's a painting. Oh, it's a painting. Mm -hmm. One of Leonardo da Vinci's classic paintings? Mm hmm For $450 million. Oh. Now... Hear me out. That is fucking old as shit. It is old. Uh, this this price tag is a little more makes sense because art in, t in general is expensive. Mm -hmm. And it can go to multiple different places to be, you know, shown off. Let's see where it is first before we decide if it's gaudy or if it's, you know, useful. Eh, and of course some dickhead bought it for himself. Oh, of course. He's bringing people over. And this is my classic Leonardo da Vinci. Mm -hmm. It's not the Mona Lisa. You know, fun fact, the Mona Lisa was actually stolen for like a number of years. Yeah, that is true. It was. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, at the time, it wasn't considered a valuable painting. No, not yet. Mm -hmm. And then when it, and the story came by about how it got stolen, and then it became popular. Funny. Funny how crime will do that. Right. I honestly find this, if it was in a museum, it belongs in a museum. But if it was in a museum, I would feel more comfortable saying this is useful. Oh, yeah. For historical... Mm -hmm. Historical and cultural significance, yeah. Yeah. But having it, one person, as a bragging point... Gaudy. Gaudy. That is incredibly gaudy. Give it to a museum. Exactly. Don't don't use it for yourself. That's just selfish. I mean, I can understand being a collector. Get a print or get a reprint. Yeah, and then leave the original with mm -hmm. the actual significance to professionals who can upkeep it. Exactly. Wow. Is this our next one? Mm-hmm. This one is frivolous. The domain name, carinsurance.com. $49.7 What? Yes. Is it in huge demand or something? Well, think of how many car insurance. There's Allstate. There's Geico. There's, you know, State Farm. There's a crap ton of car insurance out there. So I can only imagine having the domain to streamline that shit. And have it be first on Google? Yeah, that would be good. Also, hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. I keep on forgetting about that. Speaking of which, before we go into it, a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. 
They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you when you're done, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the heck you listen to your podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast. Ka-ching! With no minimum on how many listeners you have. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Also, it's free. <laughs> you can't get much better than free. Just be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Alright, next on our list. A Neiman Marcus limited edition fighter, which happens to be a motorcycle. Motorcycles. 11 million. Oh, man. To be fair, that's actually on the lower end of this list. Uh, from what we've seen, I think this is the lowest one we've actually had. Uh, no, because I think number... Yeah, she has it? Yeah, I don't think we've had anything as low as 11 million. I think the lowest we had before that was like 40? Something like that. I mean, it looks nice, but it's not... I don't think it's 11 million worthy. Like, let me just read the description, see if there's anything that is worth... Okay, that explains part of it. It's only 45 in existence. Okay, yeah. So very, very big demand for collectors. It's a carbon fiber frame, titanium features, and it can hit 190 miles per hour. Yeah, that is a fast bike. Mm-hmm. Super lightweight as well, so I'm guessing 190 is only the recommended top speed. Yeah. Because titanium and uh, carbon fiber are a lot lighter than most other metals. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't 10 million. Or what was I said? 11 million. It wasn't 11 million. If they got rid of one of those zeros, I could maybe see this. Yeah, I could definitely see it being for about a, a million, mm-hmm. since this seems like a very, very rare bike, and it has that top speed. Mm-hmm. And it has all of that, and with especially with parts nowadays that you can just replace and maintain. I mean, it's not like that Ferrari where you're literally have to find old parts. This is top of the line, just replace it. I can find it almost auto sh- any auto shop. Almost. Yeah, so it's... I hate to say it, but I'm going with Gotti again. Yeah, I think its price is a little too high Mm -hmm. for what it's supposed to be, but I think, in all honesty, it could be useful for someone who's really into motorcycles. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, like, even an Indian motorcycle nowadays is expensive, because those things are rare. Next on the line, and this one I'm going to say is Gotti off the bat, and I'll explain why in a bit. The Wittelsbach Graf Diamond, $80 million. A diamond. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you want to know why I'm saying it's gaudy right off the bat? Diamonds aren't worth dick. This is true. I was actually about to say, I mean, like, I already think it's gaudy because, you know, they market like, oh, diamonds are this super rare thing. And it's like, no, they're not. They're super common. It's just quartz. It is. It's just very clear, sparkly quartz. Mm -hmm. The only reason why it's expensive is because the Beers Corporation has a monopoly over in the main product area. Yeah, that is... That is the only reason that diamonds are super expensive. And unfortunately, we can do nothing about it because A, it's in another country. So yeah, just gaudy. I'm not even going to look at any of the details. I don't give a shit. It's gaudy. It is very gaudy. I think if it, I, I think the only thing that would redeem it is if it was a massive diamond. I mean, it's you can fit it between your two fingers. Like, it's about... Uh, I mean, even bigger than that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking like something as big as your forearm. Yeah. I don't think that uh, crystals can actually get that size. That's that's what <laughs> would make it so expensive. I suppose. And for our last one, the Heinzmann Crystal Piano, $3.22 million. It's made out of crystal? I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't say if it's, only by, if it's made out of crystal, but it looks super nice. Whoa. 
Mm-hmm. It definitely does look like maybe the keys are made out of crystal. Uh, before the piano was retired and sold at auction for $3.2 million, the Heinzmann crystal entertained the world at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Oh, so this thing was in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the main reason why, because you can actually say, I have a piece of history right here. Because it's not like it's NASCAR or something that's only a nation thing. The Olympics is literally worldwide. And you can actually say that's a piece of history. That really would be a piece of history, and considering its name, mm-hmm. well, makes people think it's made out of freaking crystals. Right, which it doesn't say that it is. Eh. It might be just a typical piano with a fancy name. Again, being where it's been and what it's done. And with that, I think it's time for our last drink. It's time. Oh, boy. So we got, what is this, a French 75? Yeah. French 70? French 75. So this is, normally, it would be a, uh, I don't know what, it would basically be in a, I forget what it's called, like a whiskey sour glass? Yeah, typically a whiskey sour glass or a chilled champagne glass. Or something like that, because the drink only calls for about four ounces. Yeah, it's it's about three and a half to four ounces of it, mm-hmm. of it, and it is. Uh, I'm gonna say this right now for those of you who have never had this. This thing smells like armpit. He's not completely wrong. This thing smells terrible, and we're gonna drink it. Yep, the stall and th- what's in this, Dane? This is gin, simple syrup, lemon juice, and champagne. Okay, let's get this over with. Plug your nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Three, Three two, two, one. Not bad. No. Not the worst I was expecting. No, I was expecting a heck of a lot worse. Uh-oh. That's some aftertaste right there. I was going to say, did you get a little bit of a... <laughs> no, it was just... It had a strange burn that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel it, too. Hold mm-hmm. on a second. Let me, let me get a little bit of a chaser. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, it actually tastes pretty good going down. It's got a little bit of a burning aftertaste, but that's not a very big problem for me. Considering some of the things we have had in the past... Oh, yeah. I think of anything. If you're going to have one of those French 75s, just plug your nose before you do it. Yeah, it's thankfully not a bad starter shot if you want to get into the night early. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> oh, okay. You good? I'm good. <laughs> do, we, do we need to get you a bucket? I'm fine. No, it's, it's a good starter drink if you want to start off early without having to, you know, resort to some of the harder stuff and be drunk way too fast. Not a good go-to for it after that. No, it is not. All right, so what's our last topic here, Dane? Well, our last topic... I figured that since we were doing a little bit of a high-class episode, we've been talking about a lot of things that are expensive. Very expensive. And since we're in spooky season, I figured we might as well go into a little bit of uh, tips on how to save some money. Exactly, especially in these uh, trying times. Yeah, it's like it's spooky season right now. When this is being recorded, mm-hmm. COVID is still running rampant. Mm-hmm. And that's a far as we're going to go with that, because otherwise both of us will go on a tangent. Yep. One thing that I like to do is I like to spread some holiday spirit. When I say that, I when I say that, I say it because one of the things that my family really liked to do was to celebrate the holidays. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the happiest times of my childhood that I can remember. I kind of picked that up from my parents, and I like to spread holiday cheer, whether it's from Halloween or Christmas or Whenever. Yeah. 
So one of the things that I picked up that I didn't get from my parents was I like to decorate. I like to decorate for the holidays. The biggest two being Halloween and Christmas. Probably the best two to decorate for anyway. Yep. So for those of us who love to do that as well, I can bring up some tips. Tips and tricks on how to get some good money-saving tips so you aren't spending a fortune at the stores for some decorations. Because once this time of year comes around, those prices go way up for that kind of thing. Exactly. You can go to your local store right now and get maybe a single strand of lights for like three bucks. Mm -hmm. And it's about maybe 16 feet long. Or if you're really unlucky, it's about six feet long. And that doesn't stretch very far. Pun intended. Pun intended indeed. (laughs) So a couple little things that you can do. One thing is, if you like to have a brewing witch's cauldron, you can pick up most of the things from that from your local dollar store. Like, you can actually pick up some little, what they call, water vapor, mm-hmm. vaporizers. Yeah. And all it does is you stick it in, like, a few inches of water, and you activate it, and it creates this little ultrasonic wave, and it produces vapor from the water. Oh, cool. I thought you were going to go with the, uh, what's it called? Not the frozen ice, but the... Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Not CO2, but, uh, guys, it's going to bother me. Dry ice. Yep, dry ice. Yeah, no, dry ice can be very dangerous to handle. Yeah, and you don't, if you plan on getting trick-or-treaters, you don't. You don't want that kind of stuff. So it's like, and if you don't have enough for a fog machine, believe Mm -hmm. me, I have one. It costed 30 bucks. And the fluid is just, The fluid is 10 bucks a bottle. And those bottles are only like what a liter and a half something like that and they're only good for about two rounds mm-hmm. it's not worth the money it is not not unless you already have a fog machine so a good way to do it is to get those water vaporizers mm-hmm. put them in a few inches of water doesn't need to be a heck of a lot and you just turn them on and it produces fog you can create like a little bottom base put mm-hmm. it in a witch's cauldron and you have a little bubbling cauldron if you're planning on having a party, and need to. This is something I learned from LARPing. If you need to say dye your skin a different color, and before I'm going to preface it by saying, don't do blackface, anybody. Please don't do blackface. It is not couth. It is actually really, really bad, and really insensitive. But if you're going with something that is not a natural skin tone, like say if you need to dye your skin green, orange, you know something like that, you can use Kool Aid. That'll help. But be warned, that stuff is a pain in the ass to get off. Or you can take a little bit of dye, put it into a spray bottle with some water, and just spritz yourself down. It will run off after, you know, part of the night, but at that point, depending on how old you are, and if you're listening to your show, you're probably at least going to alcoholic parties, you won't care. No. You really will not care. What's another good trick? Another good trick is that you can also find some stuff from... Your local dollar store as well. Mm-hmm. Get yourself like a pole, maybe a a dusting pan. Just take off the the pan part, and you got yourself a little pole that you can use. Take a few dollar skulls, mm-hmm. drill some holes in them, stack them up, and then put a shade on it, and you got yourself a little festive skull lamp. Another thing that might be a little bit cheaper, I don't know if you've done this, because this actually brought an idea. You could try getting PVC pipe. Those That tends to be really cheap. You could use PVC pipe. I usually get the... I usually get those pans because they're a dollar mm-hmm. and you don't really need to cut anything. Fair. Again, a lot of this crafting stuff it comes from my LARPing background. So a lot of things like, oh, we can do this. I'm like, oh, well, we've done this. Yeah, I can see that. Or if you want to, going back to the witch's cauldron a little bit, if you mm-hmm. want to build a fire under it, one good way that I found to make fire would be to take a strand of orange lights, mm-hmm. 
take some expanding foam, spray it over the lights, just keep the plug outside of it, spray it down, and then once the foam dries and spreads out, spray it down with some ash, mm-hmm. ash gray and some red. And when you turn on the lights, it looks like burning embers. Because is that a bit of a fire hazard though? Like I like when you think lights like going on for a long period of time, they tend to create heat. No, not really. They actually, it's like if you have them on a timer. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you have them on for like maybe four to six hours, mm-hmm. they're not going to generate any heat at all. Especially if they're LED lights. Oh, I didn't think of LED. I'm thinking of those like you know Christmas lights are like you know like two three inches long. Oh yeah, those things. No, no. You want to get LEDs. Yeah, LEDs are a lot safer. A lot safer. And little little tip for you, those of you who like to put a lot of lights up, you can only put on about eight strands if it's a normal one. Mm-hmm. If it's an LED, you can put up to 23. Uh, this is going to be mostly your topic because I'm not a crafty dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that I tend to craft that doesn't involve food or drink tends to crash and burn. That makes total sense. One thing that I do want to make mm-hmm. at some point is called a skull chandelier. And that is basically just getting like this plastic chandelier thing. And then you add in a couple of skulls. You string along some spooky cloth around it. And then you take these tiny skulls that you can get a bunch of 10 for a dollar. And then you just hang them down off the spooky cloth. And it creates a very nice looking chandelier that you can put up in the middle room and if you want it to actually light up you can get some fake candlesticks that mm-hmm. you just twist and turn on so what else do you got for us babe uh well let's see what else could someone make that's halloween based i guess it really depends on if you want it to be inside or outside well we can do both some people actually do have houses dane yes <laughs> yes that's what i mean but some people don't decorate their insides for i mean i understand that because when you think of decorating inside you're probably assuming that you're going to have a party or something like for me personally that'd be the only time i would decorate inside yep i don't know about you but for me that would be my only real reasoning why yeah that that definitely makes sense oh back to the witch's cauldron Mm -hmm. you can get yourself a little strand of like blinking lights Mm -hmm. as i call them you can depend it depends on the color i got myself a whole bunch of uh blinking multicolored lights they shine like red the green blue Mm -hmm. white all that stuff and what i did was to help simulate the the bubbling cauldron without it being too weird was i took some of the that stringy cotton that you mm-hmm. can get at any dollar store for oh, like yeah. a, a buck. Like, almost like that like pillow cotton or whatever. Yeah, that pillow cotton that you could stretch, stretch mm-hmm. out and make it look like cobwebs. Yeah. What I did is I took a bunch of that, spread it out, and then I stuffed it all into the cauldron. And then from there, you know, you put the, the fog on top. Mm-hmm. So it gives it a nice little base. And in that cotton... You put in that multicolored string of lights and you turn them on. Mm-hmm. They could be battery powered. They could be plug in. It doesn't really matter. But when they're done, it makes it look like there's something brewing in the pot. So what you're saying is they filled the pot? Yes, they <laughs> filled the pot. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we have a sister podcast called Fill the Pot. Check that out if you guys want to. Hashtag obvious plug. Obvious plug, yes. <laughs> uh, when it comes to DIYs, there's a 
few. Like, if your guys are trying to get some realistic-looking blood, but you don't have a lot to spend on fake blood, mm-hmm. there's a couple of different things you can do, yep, like I, red dye. I know that a lot of movie studios tend to do caro syrup and red dye. Yep, Taro. One cost-effective way I found of doing it is red velvet cake mix. You rub that on something that looks like blood. <laughs> don't get caught by the cops with that one. If you're looking for fake blood, that's a good way to start is some red velvet cake mix because you can get a box for like three bucks. Yep, and caro syrup is also decently cheap. I want to say it's like three, four bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and But it's super sticky, so. Yeah, so take, take that into consideration for what you need it for. Mm-hmm. And the last one that we'll go for for this one is what I like to call candy coin candles. All you got to do is you got to pick up some wax mm-hmm. from your local dollar store get white get red or orange and then get yellow melt them down in a pot pour them in to like these little jugs that you can get from the dollar store depending on how much you want that'll depend on what you want it to be and then you just fill them up you start with orange then white and then you put in yellow and then you put a wick in before it dries that'll look nice yeah and it makes it look like a real nice candy corn I know a lot of people don't like candy corns, but hey, they're a staple of the holiday. Yep, it's kind of like cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving. Shots fired. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's all the the time we have for this one. And with that, we should probably preface that next week, even though it will be the day before Spooky Day, we will not be doing any spooky drinks this year. No, not this year. For spooky drinks, we'll we'll leave that for another time. But we will be going into some spooky topics course i mean what would this be without trying to follow thematics exactly and don't forget to follow us on our social medias as well with facebook it is nerds in the kitchen and on twitter it is at nerds in the kitchen with kitchen having its vowels missing so nerds in the k-t-c-h-n and with that i've been luke i've been dane have a good one and we'll see you next week enjoy your drinks Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 